0: Welcome to episode 8 of the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. This week we have an interview with Stephen Aramini, designer of Barker's Row, currently on Kickstarter with just about 48 hours left, so you should check that out soon. John Dubois' Striking Flint PNP is still available. If you want to check that out yeah, for contests, the Thundergriff Survival Contest is due May 31st. You still have a few days to get that in. The Gamecrafter Big Box Challenge is due June 5th. So that's coming up. The Game Crafter Game Hold Dungeon Crawler Challenge to August 15th. Also, the Game Crafter has the Manhattan Project Dice Challenge. Uh, This is interesting because you can enter on the Game Crafter, but you can also enter directly with Minion Games. um, And there's a winner for each, and you get to design a dice game based on the Manhattan Project property. The Game Crafter also has the Hidden Movement Challenge, is due October 23rd, so a lot of time to work on that. You can check out the show notes at theboardgameworkshop.com for links to all of the things mentioned here. Now, on to the interview. I'm here with Stephen Aramini, designer of Yardmaster and Circle the Wagons, which is currently on Kickstarter, but will not be by the time you hear this. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. So, uh, what got you into playing games, and how
1: did you transition into designing games? So my uh my story is actually kind of different than most most people um just in that I I kind of got into g- game play at the same time as game design which sounds odd but I um you know when I was a little kid of course I played Parker Brother games and and uh Milton Bradley games and and those kind of things. But then as I became an adult, I just, I kind of stopped playing games. And I just kind of wasn't aware of that hobby at all for many, many years. Um, But my job as a creative director for an ad agency, I work in graphic design and stuff all the time. And so I, uh, I just kind of thought it would be cool to take on a project of trying to, to make a game. And, and that's when I started working on Yardmaster actually, which at the time was called payload. And I was working with, uh, my friend and art director, Dan Thompson, and we were doing it just from a, from a sort of viewpoint of like, let's just make this cool project. You know, not, I wasn't even really in the hobby at the time. And as I as I started to develop it and turn it into an actual game, I, 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 um, I was like, man, I better like get involved in the, in the game community and see what it's about. And then uh, when I did that, I you know I joined uh, some meetup groups and stuff, and that's when it just sort of the floodgates opened and I realized that there's this whole world of games out there. And that was that was very recently, you know that was like t- uh, 2013. Um, so it's kind of weird because I kind of, I, I went into it very backwards, but not the way you should do it at all. Uh, as a game designer, <laughs> I just said, oh, I'm going to make a game. And, and then I, uh, at, by default discovered the gaming community. Um, and of course I ended up developing Yarn Master and getting much more familiar with games. And now I'm, now I'm completely, uh, hooked on both playing games and designing games
0: that's uh that's interesting it's actually not too dissimilar from how i entered i um like i played (coughs) games as a kid because everyone Mm -hmm. plays games as a kid and i played magic for most of my life but i was never really aware of the deeper hobby games and then one night i went over my friend's house and played eclipse and that simultaneously got me hooked on hobby games and made (coughs) me want to design and my first game did not get published and it's nowhere near yardmaster quality but it was uh
1: it's an interesting way to get in because you're you're learning from both ends basically yeah and i had a little bit of knowledge of some of the the gateway games like one of the games that really um got me i think kind of steered me toward yardmaster was ticket to ride and i had been introduced to that one um and i think that just kind of was like oh yeah you know this is this is really awesome and um and so that was definitely an influence on Yardmaster, um, but, but yeah, I I my knowledge base, you know, prior to just a few years ago was was next to nothing, and then, uh, and then yeah, I started going to all these meetups, and then just you know it, that continues today of just like every week you discover uh, something new about the hobby, which is which is what I love about
0: it. Yeah, it's definitely interesting and sometimes overwhelming. So circle of wagons is ending tomorrow on kickstarter as of this recording i believe it's tomorrow right less than 24 hours maybe yeah i think it's yeah i think it's right about there so it's and it's it's doing very well uh so it's circle of wagons this snow moon and mint julep which i had uh dan Letzering on about mint julep uh, a couple episodes ago um so tell us a little bit about Circle the Wagons. It was a co-design with Danny Devine and Paul Kluka. So how is it working with two other designers? And, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Danny, Paul, and I are, are buddies. We all live here in in Reno, and we meet up uh, quite often to uh, play games at lunch. So um, they actually both work at the same place, and I work at a different place, but I... I uh, Go meet up with those guys. So you know we have, have kind of uh, always had a, a mindset of like playing playing similar types of games and stuff. And so the button shy contest came around, and um, and I think we just kind of got got together and we're like, hey, let's uh, let's see if we can put something together. And we already had some sort of some beginnings of ideas from other game, sort of failed games. And we kind of mashed those together and, and Circle the Wagons came out of that. How does Circle the Wagons play? You want to give us an overview of, of that? Sure. So, so Button Shy's deal is, is their wallet game. So they're all 18 cards or less. So ours is exactly 18 cards. And how it works is you are going to take 15 of those cards and um, place them with their territories side, face up, uh, in a circle. And then you're going to randomly flip three of the cards, the last three cards, into the center of the circle. And those form your scoring conditions for the game. And so that's going to be different for every game, so depending on what you you put out there. And then, uh, basically, you will be one player at a time. It's a two-player game. So one player at a time, you're going to be drafting cards around the circle, and there's some rules related to if you skip a card, uh, which you can do, but then that card goes to your opponent for free. Um, so there's kind of that, um, depending on the scoring conditions, there's there's sort of that internal struggle of, do I go for this card, or, or do I skip ahead to get a better card, knowing it's that the card I've skipped goes to my opponent. And then all, once you get those cards that you have drafted, then you start one card at a time building your Uh, town up and uh, the town is made up of various territories with different icons and um, and there's a base scoring where you can uh, score for each of your sort of largest clumps of different territory types but then you also will score for those three special um, scoring conditions and when the last cards drafted and the last cards are placed to each person's respective town then uh, you tally up the scores to see who wins so you said
0: that this came together from some failed games that you guys had worked on. Was the
1: was the process of incorporating that into a new design? Um. Yeah. So it, it we we had a kind of a couple of games that um, originally Danny had put together a game called that he was just calling Grid Poker, and it was a poker-themed game where you were trying to sort of align rows and columns um to create the best poker hand and we started talking about that cuz it played really interestingly but it was because it was poker we we're like is there a way we can make this a more interesting theme and then we started talking about themes that could work in sort of that grid pattern and then it steered toward actually like an agricultural theme where you're sort of building different animal pens and trying to pen in animals in 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 groupings and um and that wasn't working and so then we um then we just started talking about you know those the limitations of 18 cards which i know you know because i i think (laughs) you've you've done some 18 card designs yourself right i actually entered 10 games into the contest so oh god so yeah you're you're super familiar um
0: which uh one actually is coming out on kickstarter in july because i i won through
1: the back door by being a nano game first That's awesome, um, but 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 you definitely know the challenge. You know, eighteen cards. It's like trying to make a game that is compelling enough to to not only play once, but have people want to play. You know, repeatedly and have that replayability. And that's when we sort of. That's when the sort of the light turned on in terms of having the backside of every one of these cards have a different, like wildly different scoring condition because it really made every game really unique. And because you flip three over randomly, every game was going to be a completely different game. So it, it, um, it was just a way to make that really small game into a much bigger experience. Yeah, that seems to be with the wallet
0: games, it's really about what can you get out of a card like, using one side for one thing usually isn't going to cut it. Like, they really
1: need to play double or triple duty. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think you can get away with that with, like, social deduction games and stuff. Um, because then it's it's more about the role and stuff. You know, things like Love Letter or Coup or things like that. But, yeah, it seems like... Um, with a lot of the the things that Buttonshy has been putting out, they they really are those you know multi-purpose cards um, that have either multiple suits or you know uh, interesting ways to sort of orient car, or orient cards to um, make them more um, just do different things and stuff. So so I think it's like really fun. Like I'm I'm a big fan of like designing games to adhere to a challenge, which is why I always, I enter a lot of contests. Um, and that's like, it's just a really fun process to me to have those limitations. Yeah, it's really,
0: limitations inspire me. They, they also force you to get things done in a deadline. <clears throat> that too, yes. All right, so moving on, let's touch on Groves for a second because I'm gonna have you and Dan on later. So, Groves was a design that if I remember my interview with Dan, you brought to him, and then you ended up working on it together to turn it into what it is today?
1: No, actually, I brought a totally different game to him, just for him to check out and see if it might be something he was interested in publishing. And um, while that game was not something that was a fit for him, uh, we just, you know, we we hit it off, and... Um, and we just kind of started kicking around ideas, and, and he actually sent me some some ideas for just some basic mechanics. And at the time, it was, um, ironically, with Circle of the Wagons, it was a Wild West theme where you were building a boomtown. And um, so he just kind of threw it in my court and was just like, hey, does this seem, seem like something that has some interesting hooks to it? And I said, yeah, it does. And, and so I... He was really busy working on uh, Gadgeteers and getting that fulfilled, so I had some time to actually work on the development of the game, and, and then I ended up um, basically just going crazy with it and um, and took it in a lot of... Directions. I think he, he knew they were going in some other unexpected directions, and I just threw it back at him at, to to play, and then he thought there was really something there. So, um, so we just kind of did a lot of back and forth, just kind of honing it in, and then um, you know about halfway through the process, we we talked about the theme. And we ended up landing um, with Nolan Nasser, who he had kind of been talking about with uh, for illustration. He really wanted to work with him. And so collectively we, we landed on um, the Fay theme and the idea of uh, creating our entire world um, as opposed to just a theme of uh, you know something that had been done before. So we we're like, let's just make up our own world and create it however we want. And so that's that kind of, you know, ended up sticking to where it is now with, uh, Groves. Cool.
0: Well, we'll definitely go much more in depth with that when, uh, you and Jay <clears> come back on. Um, you seem to do a lot of co-designs. You've got Groves, you've got Circle Wagons and Coin and Crown, which you did with Janice Baker that is coming out on Kickstarter about the same times as Groves. You want to talk a little bit about that one?
1: Yeah. So Coin and Crown, um, That one, uh, is about over, probably over two years in the making. Um, that one, I, was the very first contest I entered for the Game Crafter, and it was called the Sprue Challenge, and a sprue is basically a, a, sort of this plastic molded sheet of miniature figures, and you had to, you were challenged with making a game out of that, um... So I made uh, the game, at the time it was called Rainmakers. And um, so we changed the name to Coin and Crown. We actually removed the miniatures just for, from a cost standpoint. So we're going with chipboard and stuff. Um, but uh, I've just been working on that with uh, Escape Velocity games for really the last two years. We've been doing a lot of testing. And, and plus it's been waiting to get into his queue of games. But um That one is basically a civilization building game where you are drafting cards from a market and building up your tableau and building up your personal engine um, while uh, basically just kind of working from a shared market and um, shared lands that you're trying to conquer and then upgrade. Cool. All right, so that's that's
0: all the distant future because you have Barker's Row hitting Kickstarter in a couple of days from now. So depending on when this airs, it might be live or done. Um, and this this is a solo design, unlike a lot of the others, right? It is a solo
1: design. Yeah, and, and just like going back to the, 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 the co-design code thing, I, I just really like it because um, I, I feel like the games are better, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> because you have um, somebody else that you can really bounce ideas off of and 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 just kind of develop things not in a vacuum and i and i so i really like that and i think it ends up being a better product and i think it's just you know it's to me it's just more fun to do that than to lock myself into a a room and work on something um And so, so yeah, I just, I I really enjoy co-designs and, uh, hopefully I'll continue to do that because it's just, to me, it's just like what makes the process of design fun, really. Um, uh,
0: I've never co-designed, but it seems nice. It's basically you have your playtest group, but you have another person as invested as you are.
1: Yeah. And, and also it helps because like Janice lives here, um, and, uh, Danny and Paul live here. Dan is way across the country. He's the he's the anomaly in my in my co-design. Um, but um, but yeah, it's I think it's great. And and uh, if if you are a designer and you haven't co-designed, I mean, I feel like everyone should at least try it. You know, to see if if it's a good fit for them because you know it's got to be the right I guess personalities meshing and stuff and being on the same page. But um, but yeah, I'm really really a fan of it but as far as like Showtime yeah that one was actually that that was the first idea that came out of my head after Yardmaster so that long ago huh yes it's that one's been percolating for for a long time as well I I pretty much worked on that in 2014 just kind of developing that uh idea and then i pretty much shelved it for like a full year just kind of trying to i you know it was one of those things where i was just stuck on it and then i had to kind of just put it on the back burner and then i revisited it and um and uh got back into it and then i i uh hooked up with overworld games uh and brian hank over there and um and then we did a lot of development and stuff, and he he really um, helped me take it to where it needed to be as a game. Um, so, so yeah, even though he's not listed as a co-designer, um, he was he was such a huge part of the development of it. So so that was another great just relationship in the gaming world. So you snuck a co-design in there anyway. I... Yeah, <laughs> the silent co-designer.
0: So uh, tell us a little bit about. <clears throat> Barker's Row, how does it, it play? It, uh, I saw some of the pictures on Board Game Geek. It looks really interesting. I like the 3D aspects of it.
1: Yeah, so Barker's Row is a um, carnival-themed game, and each player is playing a carnival barker. And you are trying to bark at the uh, local rubes and convince them to visit your sideshow tent as opposed to your opponent's. And so you do that, um, it kind of has some DNA of Yardmaster actually just in that um, the mechanics are, uh, there's a little bit of set collection and there's hand management and there's card drafting which are pretty much the same mechanics that were from Yardmaster. So it's, you can probably see the evolution of, of where that came from. But, um, but with this one, what's unique is you're drafting the cards and they're not going into your hand, but they're going into a common uh, like, sort of a community pool um, called the Midway. And all players are, are, are barking into the Midway, trying to get the, uh, the the Rubes to come and to their attraction. So you ha- you're instead holding attractions in your hand of various suits. And you're trying to reach, a basically, a threshold number in the Midway uh, in order to score that attraction. And when you do, then you get to put that uh, attraction on your stage And then you get to unlock that attraction's um, ability. Um, Of course, when you do uh, put an attraction on stage, then you will go up the strongman tower. You mentioned sort of the 3D component. So there's a 3D strongman tower. So you go up one on the strongman tower. So then the next time you have to score an attraction, it's going to be just a little bit harder. Um, So that's kind of the gist of it. But it's like super thematic game. And um, the art is, is really sort of like... I don't know how to describe it. I think he, he calls it, um, oh, what does he call it? Grotesque Noir um, is the, that, is that's one that's the like artists. It's like a good description. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like this uh, cool, kind of quirky, almost like Beetlejuice meets Hellboy mashup. <laughs> But it's it's really uh, cool, and then and then they've like gone crazy in terms of like the production value. So there's like the 3D strongman tower, and then instead of just putting your your meeples on um, on a map, you're putting them actually into 3D grandstands. So you have an actual 3D grandstand that that then you can display your attractions in front of. Um, and then uh, they're also doing like custom meeples for it. So all of your uh, all of your little characters that you bring into your tent are ge- are these unique meeples. So it's it's every time he releases new new artwork and new ideas, it's like it's really exciting to see. Yeah, it definitely has a nice table
0: presence with the the three D stands and the tower and the art. Like that's <coughs> that's the kind of thing you can set up to demo at a con, and people will walk over to see it. You won't even have to say anything. You won't
1: need a carnival barker. Yeah, totally and I was actually at ProtoSpiel um San Jose about what I guess 2 week 2 weekends ago and um they were demoing it and testing it out and it was really cool to see it there because um because it was really getting, you know, that buzz and people were really getting into the the carnival barker role, you know, where they're like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, step right up and witness the breathtaking colossal stupendous Wooly Mammoth! And so um, so yeah, it was just really fun to kind of see it firsthand just kind of being played by just regular players. So that, that was really cool.
0: Well, we are very close to out of time, so do you want to let people know what you're working on now in the future? I mean, we've gone over several of your Kickstarters. Do you have anything further out than those?
1: Um, no, I mean, really, like, yeah, with basically... Circle of Wagons just ending and then uh, going to be right in the middle of Barker's Row. I've been working with those guys. And then Groves and Coin and Crown um, coming in probably like May, May or June. So that those have mostly been keeping me busy. I think the thing I'm working on right now is I'm, of course, entered another contest, um, the trick-taking contest in the Game Crafter uh, with a game called Tricky Tides. And that combines uh, trick taking with pick up and deliver. And so uh, that one's right now, it's in the finals. And uh, I am in the finals. And so I think once that concludes, I'm going to keep kind of working on that and developing that and see where that goes. Cool.
0: Yeah, I, I did catch the art for that. It looks really nice.
1: Yes, that's from another, another coworker. I just like to I like to uh, recruit all my coworkers that are more talented than me that to to do all the art and <laughs> and get on board. So I don't know how how I get lucky just hooking up with these like awesome artists. Well, seems to be the place to work.
0: But uh, all right, so you want to just give contact info if anyone wants to follow up with you about anything?
1: Um, mostly Twitter is where I am found, um, which is just at Steven Aramini. And, um, I'm on board game geek as Steven Aramini and, uh, on Facebook as Steven Aramini, but I'm mostly found on Twitter. So, uh, anyone, yeah, if anyone wants to ask me any questions or hit me up or, uh, follow me, whatever, that, that'd be great.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for being on and we'll hope to talk to you soon.
1: All right. Thanks a lot. That does it for this episode.
0: If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find it on Twitter at TheBGWorkshop, on Facebook.com TheBoardGameWorkshop, and email TheBoardGameWorkshop at gmail.com. Show notes are on TheBoardGameWorkshop.com. Thanks for listening.